At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey guys, so you should really know all of our classes are virtual right now. So every single one of you, no matter where you live in the world, can take our classes. We were trying to do whatever we can in this time to make things available for people. So here's what you need to know about that. Just go onto our website or go onto MindBody, sign up for any classes if you were here and you were going to do it. But you have to remember, we close signups 15 minutes before the class time starts. So if you miss that class, just sign up for the next one. We have over 10 classes a day, sometimes more than that. Our workshops are up there as well. So there's so much for you to dive into. Again, we want to be your support. And if there's other ideas that you have and ways we can support you or other podcast ideas that you have, please let us know. We're open ears. All we want to do is figure out how we can serve you guys and how we can serve you in the way that you need. But we need to hear from you. Thank you. So I wanted to introduce the Dentox podcast COVID-19 perspective series. The first episode was actually the one we put out a couple weeks ago where we really helped you cultivate your space in this time of quarantine. But from that point on, we want every episode that we are doing right now to be something purposeful, something that can really help help you through this time, through this dark time for a lot of us, and not only help you, but also open you up to different ideas and different perspectives. So we are interviewing different people and bringing kind of their thoughts of what are going on and also ways that can help you get through it. Um, I feel like the more we're open right now, the more we can change. And the more we change, the more we're part of the bigger change that needs to happen. But we are still honoring the fact that this is scary and this is hard. And there's a lot of tips in all of these episodes and all of these interviews to help us all get through it together. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Den Talks Podcast. This is Holly, your host. And today we get to talk to Miss Laura Day, psychic extraordinaire. We love her. She's been on the podcast before. Please go check out that episode, especially for some more personal information on her. As today, we really kind of discuss COVID-19 and what this time is doing to us as a society and how it is really a beautiful time to work your intuition. She really talks about how from nothing, from this place, you can really evolve and set the stage for whatever it is you need or want, wherever you are right now. It doesn't matter how low or quote unquote desperate you're feeling or actually are, this is actually a time if you have the right tools to create and create your future. And so she talks a lot about that too. She's really amazing. She has many books out. She also just had an incredible Forbes article written about her, about how she has made millions off of her craft of intuition, and she teaches others how to do the same. So please listen to this. It's a great take on COVID-19. Interesting, different way of what you can be doing now during this time as far as listening to you, taking care of you, and knowing that you actually have all the answers. Let us know what you think. Go to our, you know, Facebook page. Please let us know. And I hope you love it just like I do. I'm so happy to be able to talk to you. This is fun. You have such a fun mural in the back of you. What is that? It's wallpaper. That's wallpaper? Wallpaper. It's almost like watercolor. This is a four-story house. I have this cute garden outside. Beautiful. Um, She's in London. And it's 
it's just, it's really, it's adorable. And I have the greatest rear end now because I go up and down these steps. <laughs> the benefits, the benefits. I need to start walking some steps is what it sounds like. How are you holding up in this time? Good. I, you know, I, um, I think that you hold up well when you have a purpose. And intuition is all about communicating from a distance, healing from a distance, listening from a distance, preparing from the, uh, for the future from the, from the now, you know, working through the past to have a better future. Like all the stuff I do, everyone's doing now. And so I feel like I have a purpose. And I think when people feel like they have a purpose, they, they endure what's going on so much better. That's actually really interesting. You feel like the key then is to find purpose? I think there are a lot of keys. Can I give you my laundry list right now? Because I'm working, I'm working almost every other day with students because I've taken this, I, I've always been very computer phobic and I've taken this opportunity because it's the only way that I can interact with people to go online. Because, you know, for so many reasons, A, this is a wonderful time to use intuition to experience people you know who you're not physically with it's a great time to really have the clarity to experience the future so you can make changes now it's just it's a wonderful time to use uh to use intuition but also it gives me a reason to get up and put on lipstick and i think that the my my toolkit for the for the people that i'm working with and once again i'm doing this every other day is first of all your experience is important. You know, your immunity, your body is run by your brain. And your brain is run by a lot of things that you're not always aware of. So it's so important now to do good housekeeping around your experience. And we all have a reaction type to know how you react. You know, anxiety types, the world's not gonna end. Rage types, no one's doing this to you. Depression types, no, this isn't gonna finally bury you. And denial types, no, this is not okay. We need to address it. But once you know how you traditionally react, it's really helpful to try something adaptive and different. So you give that signal to your brain, but also to the people around you, even at a distance, that, that, your, that life goes on as it transforms. So you need to have a routine. You need to really do good mental hygiene. Uh, you need to take care of all of the different senses you know, what you're smelling, what you're tasting, what you're feeling, what you're hearing and what you're seeing. So your environment now, especially because many of us are not going out at all, your environment is very, very important. Um, and, and also feeding each of those senses. You know, we all tend under stress to overfeed one sense, both in terms of our intuition, how we reach out um, and physically what we do. So you know, a lot of people are overeating, are undereating, are, you know, using, you know, using crazy product, product and getting allergic reaction, you know, everyone's, you know, overdoing somewhere. So a time to take that balance is really important. It's, it's also a great time for transcendence. I'm very anti-transcendence. I think transcendence, <laughs> I am. Transcendence is the commercial break to life. So important to be grounded, 
to do a grounding practice and a practice with contact. But it's also right now because we are all living in this odd kind of bubble that takes us out of reality, but often in, once again, a reactive way, in an angry, anxious, denial or depressed way, it's really important to find that transcendence that comes through dance, meditation, breathing, walking, lovemaking, writing, art, whatever moves you through the ego to a place where you recharge and don't have to negotiate all those ego needs is especially important now. So that's my short list um, of, of things and discipline. You know, no, you cannot replace discipline. I know it's supposed to be new age and it's all supposed to be let go and let God, but I don't, I think that what really works is have a goal, have targets to hit every day, make sure you have contact, address your senses and do it with discipline. Discipline is an interesting one because it is true if you really kind of dive into any practice, discipline is mentioned all the time. I mean, I know in Kundalini, they talk about freedom through discipline, how when you can have a you know, disciplined practice is when you actually achieve like the transcendence and the freedom. So it is an interesting thing. It's that balance of you know, kind of how you're talking about there's these different types of reactive types. It's the same thing. Are you the type of person to get wound into your discipline where you can't think past it? Or does discipline really kind of just help you go deeper into an area? You know what I mean? I don't, yes, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, I don't consider the hyper-focused discipline. That's OCD and their meds for that. <laughs> I consider discipline is adaptive because the fact of the matter is you are, you either are are um, hemmed in by your disciplines, which you choose, or you're hemmed in by your habits, which you don't. Mm. So discipline is the key that opens the door. You need to find it, you need to plug it in, you need to turn it. But once you do, discipline allows you to create something new instead of being a prisoner of your old subconscious habits over and over again. And, and with intuition, that's especially important because we tend to communicate telepathically, for example, or as mediums, or even in terms of our remote viewing with our past, where we often go to delightfully re-injure ourselves from the same people who injured us, but in a different way. Instead of using telepathy and mediumship and remote viewing and astral projection and healing, to experience this moment, which is the only place you have any power, and to begin to, with a goal, wander into the future to allow you to make those changes now so that when you do again walk out of your door, you're walking into what you want. And, and change is hard. I understand why people don't want to do it. I've had the same slip covers for 30 years because it's just too dramatic. But, but it's really important. But what you said about discipline is so, is, is, is so true. Discipline is freedom from the past. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that, you know, you were saying when you walk out the door and people struggle with change, I was talking about this in my class the other day of like, you know, people do struggle with change and it's easier to keep going the same way than to, you know, trust what that change is going to look like and feel. But what's fascinating about what's happening now is everyone's being forced 
into that uncomfortable spot of the unknown. So people who normally hold on as tight as they can to those slip covers or whatever it is, because that's where they're more comfortable versus kind of walking into the unknown. Now, like every, that's being ripped from everyone. Everyone's kind of forced to learn how to move and be okay and flow into the unknown. Because I always say the unknown's there no matter whether you want it or not. You can never predict tomorrow. Um, well, I, I think you can, you can predict tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> Everybody can predict tomorrow, but you can't predict everything. And interestingly enough, when you do predict, even when I predict tomorrow, I'm predicting something, but I'm not reacting to it. It's very different when you walk into That's it. Interesting. But talk about because, well, but it's twofold. So let's talk about the idea that now there's a, a whole slew of people who are forced to kind of sit in this idea of what does tomorrow look like? What is that change? A, and then B, I am curious, that's an interesting statement you just made about how even when you are very aware of what tomorrow is going to be, how you actually don't react to it. So I'm going to start with, I just did a workshop, nearly 1300 people signed up for it, and a Zoom workshop on welcome to your crisis. <laughs> and, and the reason I wanted to do it wasn't because I wanted to soothe people in crisis. No, I wanted to say, listen, you're here anyway. And by the way, this is a great time to make change because when it's the reason people who've never been in love go on the first vacation in 10 years and fall in love. When you break your habits, it opens up the ability to let something new in until you rebuild them. So this is a really important time to not reconstitute quickly, but to have a good base from which you actually use crisis. And the word crisis means to decide. Use crisis to make determined change that you want to. So, so I, I'm really working a lot with crisis in my uh, Instagram groups and in my Zoom groups. Um, and I wrote a book on it, which I read again and did it for myself and thought, oh my God, you know, because I wrote it, I don't know how many decades ago. It really put me in a whole process um, of change because I realized as much as I was talking about change and I was like doing the exact same thing because I never go out anyway. I do all my work by phone. I mean, I was literally not doing exactly. And so when I did the book on myself, which I did to prepare for the Zoom workshop, the work slammed me because I really hadn't been doing it and it was wonderful. You know, I had the few days of good cries and I don't even cry at funerals, but I had a few days of good cries. And then I, my joy opened up from pain that I had repressed and it really was a lovely door. To your second um, question, you know, when I am reading, except for mediumship, is, which is when you become something, when I am reading and when I'm teaching people to read, you're doing it from a dissociative state. You're detaching because if you have to process your reaction, you can't, you can't be accurate. So you can see, oh my God, I'm going to be in love in two years. This is what the person is, blah, blah, blah. And you think, oh, isn't that nice? And then if you don't do the work, um, and there's a process called the circle where you do the work in anticipation. But if you don't do the work, what happens is, you know, your prediction comes true. It sounded so great. And now all of a sudden it's happening. And because you're present in yourself, oh my God, I could love this person. Something could happen to this person. That person could leave me. The person could cheat me. Your bad experiences come in. You have to make closet space. You have to negotiate, you know, this person's a vegetarian. You're not a vegetarian, blah, blah. 
and and you deal with the reality of it because it's no longer dissociative it's no longer just information it gets real and when it gets real we are complex beings that's wonderful news when you're creating something it is very difficult when you're changing because there's so many layers of self that needs changing which is why i want i saw you were doing a workshop on kundalini on breath right uh me specific oh we did you mean before all this happened yes oh yeah it got canceled literally when we oh i want to do that online because one of the things i love is i find when you change your breath and i don't know why this worked you probably could explain this to me but when you change your breath you actually have a little tiny space of time when you can go inside and rearrange all your pieces and Um, oh pardon it's at a thousand percent. I agree with you. Well, that was, that was a, an aha to me. So one of the things, oh, go ahead. No, no, so you go ahead. One of the things we're, I am doing every morning, which maybe is what you're referring to is every morning on our Instagram live, I'm doing fists of anger, which is a heavy breath. Um, cause it involves breath of fire and it's only three minutes and it helps transmute and move the pain and the anger and the frustration, everything people are feeling for exactly what you just said. What time? 6 a.m. for Pacific Standard Time, but it is available. Oh, that's repeating me. That's so perfect. You could do it, and it's available all day anyway in stories. So if people can't join at that time, they can go. But it's what you said. The reason I wanted to do it is I was feeling my, my space constricting when all this started, and I'm like, I actually have a practice. So if I'm feeling you know, that frequency of anger and frustration, then I know so many people are feeling it. And it becomes, like you said, it's very distracting. It prevents you from seeing that space, like working from your crisis point, like you said, instead of letting the crisis point kind of implode on you. And so we've been doing it every day and it's been amazing watching this group. Everyone- What's the Instagram? Yeah, it's on Den's Instagram on our live. Yeah. So oh every- my God, I'm so completely doing that. It's Wait, fist of anger. I did it, in a, I did the Breath of Fire in the yoga class and all of a sudden I was like, oh wow, wait a sec. Thanks this this is really incredible. Like all of a sudden, everything that I was carrying was great. And by the way, you know, the, I make a lot of soup. And the reason I make soup is I don't like to waste stuff. You know, I come from a big family and I don't like to waste stuff. The, the gift of anger is passion. Why waste anger? Why waste anger by turning it in on yourself or turning it outward and putting it on people who don't deserve it? You want to take that anger, that juice, and transform it into passion. Like you want to take yes. fear and transform it into an awareness. And you want to take, take depression and transform it into depth. And you want to take denial and transform it into effectiveness. You know, being able to choose, I'm going to worry about this, but not about this. I mean, that is, we sh- the less you waste in life, the better off you are. And really, that's why I wanted to do this, this workshop for your students. And because, you know, as you know, um, your, your den is my home. It's where I teach my intensive and it's my kind of my sacred space. And I, I speak a lot to my students about making a sacred space somewhere. So you're, when you sit there or lie there or tuck yourself in there, your subconscious, you don't have to go through a whole ritual. So the, that room and where I do my boot camp at the den is my sacred space. And, and it is just, it's, I totally lost my train of thought here. What was I doing? about breath, I think not wasting it. And for you, how, you know, we were saying, which I loved is that when you change your breathing, you create space. Yeah, you transform. No, there was something, there was something I wanted to say, but I've 
totally, oh, so and this wasn't what it is. I'm jumping around. So, you know, I always Woody say- Woody does it better than you. The, the gift of intuition is being completely ADD and getting paid for it. <laughs> um, you know, one reason why I wanted to do how to rule from the, your, your world from, wait, how to rule the world from your couch. I remember the name of my own books. Um, mm. The reason that I want to do it for your students is that is that many of your students already have the access to the fluid space from doing the meditation, from taking the classes, from doing all the kind of yoga practices. Like all your students already have that leg up, as do many of mine. And by simply reminding the subconscious and the intellect, you have these tools, you can travel, you can go hug someone, make love to someone, even if they're thousands of miles away, you can meet your next employer, even if you're not going out of the house and you can shift your energy in a way that the offers you would have gone out physically to get will come to you by other means it's so important to engage these skills now while also engaging in life. And I think that many of us, and I'm definitely guilty of this, we take time of crisis as a time to let go of the things that are a little difficult for us or a lot difficult for us to work on. And it's just the opposite. You know, this is an opportunity now to write the great American novel you wanted to write, to take up your yoga practice, your meditation practice, to make those business contacts, to be able to change your career when this is over. Like this is really a wonderful time and people are extremely open to helping. You know, and the people who are not, this is also, I found this is a wonderful time. We were speaking before, uh, it's something that you're going to erase, of course, uh, about, you know, how um, places I've worked that I didn't really expect to help me because they fundraise, they do this and that, and I do a lot of these free workshops. I really didn't expect them to help, have shared, Esalen Institute in Big Sur, California, posted my free workshop to their entire list. That was such a generous thing. They've spent, they've spent half a century building that list of people. Whereas places that I expected generosity from where I've been very generous were not. And it's really a wonderful weeding time. And I see a lot of people going through this where people they expected to show up didn't and people they had no idea would show up did. And it's a wonderful time to sort. It's also a wonderful time to sort intuitively, to make sure those tele, and we'll, we'll do this in the workshop, but make sure you're not in telepathic conversation that's abusive to you or pointless for you. You yeah. either shift the conversation or stop it. Well, when you say that, how often are people in a telepathic conversation and they don't- Every moment. Take a moment to check into your brain. You're talking to three other people, at least. You know, uh, you're, you're, you're dialoguing with your child, you're dialoguing with your husband, you're dialoguing with someone who probably died 20 years ago. You're all, and you're being dialogued with. You know, people always forget. They think telepathy, I'm sending a message. Whoa, no, no, no. The really difficult part is you're receiving them and you're not even consciously aware of them. So one thing we're going to do in the workshop is do what I call a psychic clean out where you, you become more aware of who am I talking to and should I be talking to this person? You know, who's in my body? 
that's mediumship is is when when and you you're in someone else someone else is in you and once again we're never alone in our bodies um you know should this person be there how you know how do i make the shift how can i be aware with discipline when those things are happening to me um you know the same thing with we are always somewhat where we are geographically and physically and somewhat not and the more your energy is in you the more you can experience something and have it happen around you. I mean, you are in a sense a radio tower and connection is so wonderful because when you connect, you, imp you exponentially increase the signal you're sending out. But because the signal sent out by the subconscious, those conscious intuitive processes are so important. And those clean outs, like whatever transcends you, you know, whether once again, it's dance, meditation, marijuana, whatever it is, you know, that, 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 that brings you to the next level. You know, you said in our first podcast episode we did together, one of the things you said was like the biggest cause of death was isolation and loneliness. So yeah. how more do you smoking, obesity, like more than the factors that you would think, but yes, go on. So now related to what's happening now, where we we're kind of being put into self-isolation. A lot of people are alone. Um, they don't necessarily have anyone. If they had a roommate, the roommate might've gone somewhere else to go through quarantine. What do you feel A is happening? What B, what are ways people can kind of counteract that? And are you, are you tapping into anything collectively of kind of, if that is one of the main causes of death, why was that something that's kind of been imposed? Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I was thinking before this podcast, I was thinking it's really interesting that the, the heart center, you know, because people are, you know, they're dying of pneumonia, but they're also dying of, of heart failure because that's what happens when you're on a bed for a long time and with pneumonia. And, and, and so, but the whole heart center is is be is at risk and it's at risk from how we make contact and and the contact's been removed in that physical sense and i think and the heart center of course is also what do we value how do we reward people for their work and it's interesting because a lot of people are noticing how hand-to-mouth they live they thought they had good jobs but take them out of the workforce for a month and they're in trouble. That's, that's too close to the line. Some people are over the line. Some people have fired, are not paying their help, you know, during this period because they can't come in. You know, it's, there's so many challenges to our values right now. And, you know, without getting, okay, getting political, I mean, oh my God, look who our president is. Look at how, the division between the haves and the have-nots and the somebodies and the nobodies. You know, look how these huge corporations really are not, you know, I can understand don't pay your big stars, but for God's sake, pay your, your janitorial staff and, you know, and your, your grips and your people who, who make, you know, up until people who should have put and could have put the 20% away a year to keep themselves safe. Like what we value has really been brought into question. And also, you know, what's interesting to me is a lot of people who never made contact, who were disappointed early and self-sufficient because many of them are, are at risk. And many of them are actually people like, you know, police officers and nurses and, you know, people who, who give but don't take the risk to take. 
so don't self-value, once again, that heart center, are having to ask for help or having to make contact. And I think are discovering a generosity they didn't expect. You know, I, I, and we're beginning to value. I mean, I hope, I don't have much hope unless we intend it, but I hope this comes back to a time where we did value the people who kept our world running. You know, I remember waiting for the sanitation workers because you knew them by name and you, they, they knew you and they cared that you had struggled with math and you knew when their babies were born and they were with you an entire life and you were with them and you know their, their wages were enough to buy a house and to feed their families and you know it's just we have we have our values have gotten warped and really very quickly i'm 61 years old you know i remember the 50s and i remember the early 60s and it really really changed people live lives where they are, where they provide value and do not receive it and we're being asked now i think to value ourselves and to make and and to make the effort to make connection and we have to because many of us have to connect to get our groceries to get our medicines you know if you test positive you're not allowed to go down to your mailbox to pick up a package you need to know your neighbors and it's it's really i, I think we're noticing that all these people that we didn't you know take into consideration they're saving our lives now so it's like recreating community recreating recreating community where every individual has value and i don't you know i the chills when you said that that's so interesting because we don't realize how often we are yes not valuing certain people people are saying you know oh my god i don't you know i've run out of flour i don't i don't know how i'm going to get flour i'm like there are people every day there there are, there are over a million homeless children in america you know, there are people every day who ask that question. How am I going to get groceries? How am I going to feed my children? And they're working two jobs. I know. It's, 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 it, I, I hope, again, we've been saying this a lot. It's become like the great equalizer in some ways. And if it's not putting us on the exact same playing field, at least it's making people finally maybe understand and not ignore what other people have been going through. Like you said, if people are actually nervous, like, hey, I'm running out of flour, it's like, well, can you now see the people who barely ever get flour? Like, do you now, like what you were just saying, at least hopefully it's forcing people to be aware of total um, factions of people that they've ignored. I mean, there's a lot of, I feel like there's been a lot of like polite ignoring in our country and or world, I should say. And it's hard to ignore that right now because everyone is struggling and you now realize that everyone has struggles. And there's also social hygiene. I mean, the reality is the person who you didn't consider two months ago can now kill you if they cough on a package. They have a choice. Do you know what I'm saying? That's power. I mean, I, mean, I remember a time when most people didn't litter, ever. You physically were incapable of littering, you know, and you said good morning and good evening. Now, listen, there were other problems then too. I wouldn't have wanted to be part of you know a an underrepresented community in the 50s and 60s there, there are always problems but i think we're we are realizing um that we we do have to work together and i just i really 
very much hope it lasts. I, I do think at this time, intuition is extremely helpful. And one of the things we're going to um, work a lot on in the workshop, and one thing that I've been doing on the Zooms and the Instagram Lives is someone can feel you from a distance and you can prove that to yourself. So we do what I call evidence-based exercises because we, you can't feel, like right now, I've just put my arms around you. Hmm. You can't feel my arms around you. You may feel better. You may feel warmth. Um, you may feel a little imposed upon, whatever, but it's happening in real time. Now, when you, when, when you do that exercise with someone who doesn't know you're doing it, and a minute later they call you, or five minutes later they call you, all of the sudden it becomes evidence-based. You can say, oh wow, this is causal. I did this, this happened. And that's how I teach intuition because although I think that the more esoteric uses are fun and are important in many ways, life is hard yeah. and life is complicated. And it is so important to use these very well-studied, very well-proven, verifiable skills in ways that, especially in this moment, create our life, create contact, bring resources our way, share resources we have an abundance of, et cetera, et cetera. And, and they do. And you know, one of the things I've loved about the 20th century, you know, my century and the 21st century, is now their tests. I mean, I read the name uh, on a live and everyone started laughing. Now their tests, you can see that the brain responds to a picture that is randomly generated by a computer after the brain responds to it. So you can prove precognition. Wow. You can prove telepathy because we now can measure these things in ways that are without question. And so using it is important, especially during this period, because the reality is you're never alone. But that's the good news and the bad news. Someone can smell your smell or your sweaty pits, even if they're not in the room with you. <laughs> oh, no, don't come near me. <laughs> Here, so here's my question. As a psychic, like, I have a few questions for you. What, were you feeling anything or aware that something was coming down the pike? You know, that's not how my intuition works for me. I did predict the, um, that in the middle of February, I think it was, I did predict in July the market crash because I told my broker, and I only know, by the way, because I have no memory, um, because I told my broker, don't invest my, the cash I have left because the market's going to tank mid-February. Um, wow. so, so, of course, now I'm investing. But, yeah. um, but So I did predict the market. I didn't predict the virus for the same reason I didn't predict 9-11. It would have freaked me out. And what happens is your subconscious represses the details that freak you out. However, what I did do is to my husband's, you know, displeasure because we're in a rental house, I stocked everything. We had enough toilet paper to wipe the neighborhood's ass. <laughs> towel, we had soaps, we had flour, we had pasta, we had jarred tomatoes, we had vitamins, we had drugs, we had masks, we had gloves. We had... So 
I wrote a book called The Circle. And what The Circle is about is how do you just set a goal, one of those goals being keeping you and your family safe, how do you set a goal, but not always have it in your head, just kind of go on automatic pilot to take care of it. So I went on automatic pilot about the virus, which would have freaked me out. I mean, I'm a Jewish mother. I'm a middle-aged Jewish mother, first and foremost. would have totally freaked me out. Um, but I did prepare for it nonetheless. Not knowing. Not, not Well, not knowing consciously. I mean, one of the things I speak to students about a lot and what the circle is for is that you don't need, if you knew everything consciously, you'd be in a psych ward. You wouldn't be a psychic. Right, also you know? probably not even move. I yeah, mean, you, exactly. Like, yeah. And you'd be flooded. So you need, you need your intuition to just make you do things on automatic pilot without giving TMI. Um, I'm so impressed with myself that I know these things. That I'm loving it. TMI, LOL, wow. they're probably all dated now. But, um, but you, you know, it really is, I do something called the instant reset, and it really is resetting your intuition. So you take care of the things you, you need to take care of. Um, one of the things that did happen, what, um, which is like the neurotic, irrational parts of intuition is, before the the virus really hit, before we knew anything about it, I suddenly got really scared something would happen um, to my husband. My husband works hard, he travels a lot, he's a lot more social than I am. And and I started, you know, being being much more careful of of his health. And then the worry went away the second we knew about the virus. So subconsciously, I was kind of leaking, you know, the future was leaking into my present and used the metaphor of something happening to my husband as the metaphor to describe that, uh, that something was coming down the pike. And then when it did come, then when you did know, do you then tap in to kind of ask like the bigger questions like, why is this happening or what's going on collectively? You know, I don't really. I think I think the why, you know, there is a collective and I think that there are a lot of reasons it's happening collectively, but everyone has a different take on it. So one person's belief really doesn't matter that much. I think though individually, this is a big time. Like your wedding is a big time or a funeral of someone close is a big time. This is a big time. This is a time of change. What do you want to do with it? What do the collective you, how do you want to see the world change? And how can you be a part of that now? Because we all make this mistake of waiting and waiting is really, you know, procrastination is really a sign of feeling powerless, which I think our society makes all of us feel. And yet we are all extremely powerful. If you have extra money now, donate it to things you believe in you know, um, higher play, higher, you know, pay your help if you can afford to, even if they're not coming in, um, share what you have. We, on my street in Chelsea, we're all like swapping dinners. You know, one night I cook, one night my neighbor cooks, thank God, because my cooking is nothing to write home about. But, uh, you know, it, it's, what can you do? What can you share online? What do you want to build in your career? A lot of people are, adapting to uh, to kind of an, having an online presence and finding that, wow, it's actually incredibly effective. I had never considered doing an online workshop. And this morning I thought, you know, 
if I made my intensive smaller, maybe I would do it online and then do an in-person one, you know, so people wouldn't miss the trainings. It's people are really changing. And by the way, that's very intuitive because with intuition, physical, the physical in the moment means nothing. You know, um, I have to remind myself to do things like eat. Um, or, you know, by the time I remember to actually get up and this may be TMI, go pee at my bladder is like, must be like an elephant. I'm the same way. It's like, yeah, it's like it's, once a day. It's bad. <laughs> well, you also have a young child. So that, that on top of being intuitive, you know, but, but I think that, that this is a, this is a time to feel the unity of all of us even when we're not in contact or don't even know each other. And to say, how can we use this now with intention to create, you know, to, to support what we love, to create something better, to share what we have. And we're seeing that the collective matters, what they do in China affects us. You know, what's happening in Africa affects us. What we do affects them. We are nobody is far enough away that we don't have to consider them. Hey guys, I want to let you know that this Friday, Laura's actually doing a workshop for us. Friday, May 1st, this Friday at 12 noon Pacific Standard Time. She's amazing if you haven't figured out already. She's going to do a whole workshop on how to get powerful from your own couch. This is coming from a psychic, so there's stuff we definitely can learn. There's also going to be a Q&A, so go to denanywhere.com and sign up. Get a sense that that will actually be part of a bigger shift versus just being something that's happening now. Because I agree with you. I think it's amazing to see how kind of there's no lines right now. There's no these boundaries, these territories, um, you know, these borders. They're they're not really there right now because except for the fact that people are trying to do not do social distancing, it's so clear how fast things travel. It's so clear, like you said, one person over there affects us over here. Do we think that's something that is going to shift and change in the future on how we interact? How I know for, you know, we spoke to a doctor and she was already saying how the way they're sharing information has changed within weeks. Um, but do we think this is something that's going to continue and shift societally, globally, or is it just kind of one of those things we're doing now and then it's going to fall back? I think if we wanted to shift, each one of us has to fight very hard for that because you know, there, there are always, um, and especially because we have so many traumatized people spanning so many different societies, and we don't really have a culture of sharing in this world. And I think that, that we're going to have to intend it. We're going to have to consciously try to create it. It won't go back to the way it was because it can't, but it will go back to something just just as unfair and unfortunate unless each one of us votes with our dollar, votes with our vote, votes through our donations, votes through where we shop. I mean, I don't wanna name any companies, but I'm trying very hard not to order using certain companies and to order directly from small companies. Um, I'm trying really hard to, I just so happened intuitively to get a lot of small bills um, right before lockdown and, you know, before the virus started. And I just thought, oh, why don't I just get, you know, a thousand pounds and fives and tens? 
And I'm making sure, you know, because I can to make sure to give the person who delivers something extra to pay my help to, and I know a lot of people who are doing that at, at sacrifice to themselves, you know, are really trying to, to change the habit of how we, what we tolerate, how we, what our loyalty is to people, what a job is, you know, people used to work for a company forever and be supported and be part of the family community. And that really represents spirit and healthy spirit much more than what we do now where everybody moves and is, you know, people hire outside their companies. And I mean, I've been really shocked at some of the media companies that have not been paying their, their people who really, you know, need it to survive. No names mentioned again. Uh, yeah, no, I'm saying that's crazy though. It is crazy. I mean, it's, you know, the big people, sure, but how you don't pay, you know, the people who, who live month, maybe not paycheck to paycheck, but month to month, you know, that's really not okay. You make, you make hundreds of millions, billion dollars off these people's work. You know, I think we need to, we need to, we need to have the intention to acknowledge that. And I, I don't, I'm not a good politician. I'm a psychic. You know, I see things. I don't always know how, you know, how to, how, how to make the change. Um, there are people who are much more like, I could never have set up the Dan meditation. I don't know how you got organized enough to set up something so fabulous, but Lots you know, I'm hoping that, that, that maybe a little bit of what we're all doing will have an effect on, on other people and people will see that it's not us and them. It's only us. What do you, what would you tell people now who are in deep fear of survival? Like beyond Ask for help. Ask, do not, because you know what happens in survival? People feel shame, people feel anger, people feel terror, and they start reaching everywhere. You, you get into disorganized behavior. I would say, you know what? What are your needs in this moment? Make sure they're, and I went over this in Welcome to Your Crisis the other day. Are, do you have a safe place to sleep? Do you have enough food? Do you have heat? Do you have water? Do you have medicine? You know, and if not, reach out in new ways, not just groups, people go online. I mean, we had, we had um, a bunch of different people. One I spoke about, and she also gave me permission. She was very sweet, who was a, a first responder. Um, I, I mean, you know, a, a complete saint, just a giver who couldn't get out of her apartment. I said to my group, anyone in this area, in this zip code, I had a gazillion, not a gazillion, that's hyperbole, but I had a lot of people saying, sure, what does she need? I can bring food, I can bring medicine. I'm a nurse, I'm a this, I'm a, you know, reach out. This was someone, no, I didn't know her, none of us knew her. Reach out, we have to reach out. We have to, people who, whose voices have been ignored, still use your voice, don't be silent, but also know that, 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 you need, you're speaking to other human beings. So try to manage your crisis type. Reaching out through rage isn't going to get a response. Reaching out through kind of disorganized terror where you don't even know what you need, it's not going to get a response. I think but that's reach so out. 
but I think knowing your type, like which you started this conversation with, is is that alone, if you can learn what your type is during this time, that alone is a huge gift you've given yourself. Because Absolutely. yeah, because I feel like and I've, I've talked about that a little bit too, is like spend time seeing how you're reacting to things, what keeps coming up to you, even if it feels something from so long ago, because we're being put in this intense situation to, I think, have the opportunity to dismantle some of these things. And we all have them, but we all fall into one of those types. So it's like, let's try and like be honest with yourself and open, because like you said, you're getting a chance to not operate in that same way, but you have to first start with knowing what are you trying to dismantle. Yeah, and you know, know that I, I speak a lot about signs mm-hmm. because people give a lot of power to things that have no power. I found a penny, it's a sign. Your whole life is a sign. You know, everything that happens in your life is a reflection, it's a sign. And it's not a sign of your goodness or badness, it's a sign of your patterns and your history. Hmm. So it's really important to look at a sign with love and self-forgiveness for yourself because we're very judgmental of ourselves i mean i'm a good telepath the first thing i have to do when i'm teaching a workshop even online is get out of people's brains because people speak to themselves so meanly and impolitely that it's offensive what am i saying to myself right now she can hear it (laughs) but you you also you know you are you are a perfectionist but the good thing about you is you also require things from the people around you and that's very evolved many people don't you know many people just kind of they feel powerless to the outside world so they save all their vitriol for themselves right (laughs) you know it's it's uh it's it's really it's important to start with you it really is and i'm not good at this because i merge with you know i sit in a chair i become a chair you know, I have, I, I've worked very hard to have a, a healthy ego, but I could still use work. But, <laughs> you know, it's, it's really important to take care of you first, which doesn't always mean make yourself feel good. It may mean make sure you eat breakfast. It may mean make sure your sheets smell good so you're not falling asleep in ickiness. You know, it, it may mean ask someone if they just listen to you bitch for half an hour and you'll trade them scones or scones as they call them here. Uh, they mispronounce everything in London. It is so <laughs> but, but, you know, it's, it's I, I think that the intimacy that people are finding they can have at a distance is is surprising and i feel so close to all of my students i mean i now see them on instagram and zoom and all these things all the time and it's really it's really um actually let me just check and see what time i said i'd be on instagram tonight oh nine good (laughs) i only have a couple more you know one of the things we talked about again in our last podcast which i think is so appropriate for now and you kind of mentioned it a little bit, is how you can create your future from now. And I feel like nothing is more important than here you are in lockdown or you feel like you've lost everything or you don't know how you're gonna eat or you don't know what job you have to go back to. So it seems as if everything is hopeless. How will you rebuild? But when you say it that way of you can use your present moment to create anything in the future, that to me 
signals possibility and endless possibility. So can you talk a little bit about that and how that is for every human being, no matter where you are, where you live or don't live, it's, it's universal. Well, you know, we, we, um, we tend to actually live in some terrible or overly hopeful version of the future, depending on who we are and the past. The place we don't live is where we have all our power, which is in this moment now. Yeah. And um, my uh, husband is a lifelong meditator and he does, he teaches Gurdjieffian meditation, can't even pronounce it, but it's all about mindfulness. And initially when he was talking about mindfulness, I was going, yeah, 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 talk to the paw. But then I realized, no, mindfulness is what I'm saying when I tell my students, be in your senses right now, that's where your power is. From this moment, especially when you're in the moment enough to experience it, which we're not often, we experience our thoughts, we don't experience really our moment, our being, our power. But when you are mindful in the moment, my husband's gonna laugh if he hears me use that word, <laughs> what, what happens is your, your real goals, not your old goals, your real goals, your current goals, the ones that address the you, you really are, who you may not know that well, become apparent. And once your goals, your real goals become apparent, intuition starts working on them in so many ways, T telepathically sending out to people you may not even have met yet who may respond. You may find a friend of a friend of a friend in another country who just got back from another country, hears from your friend's friend's friend that you are a wonderful artist, which isn't, by the way, what you do. What you do is sell pharmaceuticals. And they ask you if you'd be willing to illustrate for their children's book, people you've never, I mean, that kind of thing is happening a lot in my group now. Because the, with the circle, what you do is you set an intention and then you take it through the, a process that is really the process of all creation. Not a magical process, by the way. Things like making space, being aware of outer roadblocks, dealing with inner roadblocks, you know, um, ritual, which is a nice word for make discipline pretty. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not, you know, it, it, is, it is really, I always say, click your heels three times and you're in Kansas only works if you're a character in the middle of, in the Wizard of Oz and only if you're Dorothy. Because, Otherwise, everything takes a system, discipline, and repetition. But you should, you know, people should have their own book of shadows, you know, your own, your own book of wisdom. And that is the last person we, we listen to is ourselves and, and the people around us, you know. I mean, we are such a celebrity-driven society, you know, master healers and master psychics and master this and master that whereas the person sitting next to you often has more of what you need because synchronistically you've put yourself next to them but you don't take the time to let yourself and that can be next to them on zoom you don't take the time to let yourself open to a possibility of something you wouldn't have recognized before and our pattern not to recognize now. And I always say, you know, if you don't know what a door is, you would walk right by a door. You wouldn't say, oh, that's a handle. I can turn it and go to another place. And part of what intuition does is it shows you what a door is. 
where the handle is, lets you know what's on the other side and tells you what you need to walk through it safely. How, so when you were talking about like the first steps for a lot of people is embodiment, like you were saying, feeling your senses, getting inside, are there any tricks for you on people to do that? Because anyone can do that and you don't need to like own anything or, I mean, and you were saying that's the beginning of hearing your own true goals. Well, right. I mean, right now, because I do want to keep it real and, you know, um, people are alchemists, but you cannot, it's very hard to create your alchemy, to create your magic and your miracles if you don't also simultaneously address the life questions. Am I safe? Am I fed? Do I have what I need? Am I, you know, am I healthy? Like you really, we really need to be vehement on addressing those questions in our own lives and for each other. Once you do that, the, the circle is nine elements. And really you can enter that, that act of creation through any of those nine elements. Did we do a podcast last time on the circle? We talked a little bit about it. It wasn't only about um, So my next workshop for you should be the circle. That's what we should do. Because sometimes you start with a goal, but sometimes you're dealing with outer roadblocks. I'm going to be kicked out of my apartment. That's an outer roadblock. An inner roadblock is I feel too insecure to do anything. An outer roadblock is there's nothing being offered for me to do. You know, an outer roadblock is what... But my, my friend of blessed memory, Deanna Davino, who is a wonderful psychic, used to say, earth reality. It's earth reality. So, you know, you can, you can, the circle is a circle. You can sometimes, you have to enter it from where you are. If you know what your wish is, what your goal is, ultimately, then you can enter with your goal and from where you are. So you're dealing with the fact you're getting kicked out of your house. And your goal is to be a world-recognized violinist, um, if I pronounce that properly. Uh, but you, you enter with what is, and if you know what you want, that becomes uh, a North Star. You, but not knowing what you want is not an impediment to creating what you want. Because in order to create what you want, you need to deal with all nine elements of the circle. And maybe you're in a shelter and you're starting with the element of community and you need to find a community for work and you need to find a community to be able to show you where to get clothes or food or a job or a relief check. You know, It doesn't mean that just because you're dealing with that element of the circle, you can't also have your wish. Letting and, and, and many of us, like I've basically always had the same wish. I, I work with different facets of the crystal and that's true for most of us. You know, my wish is always around family and my challenges have always been around family. I had a mother and a sister and a brother all who suicided, you know, my challenges have been around family, but my wishes have been around family. And and you'll find that at the core of your wish, some, for some people, like my husband's wishes are all about his, you know, honing his gift in the world. He, he was a journal, he was a writer for The New Yorker, he's a TV writer, he's a screenwriter, and it's very 
career-centric in terms of his gift. For some people, money is the thing that they want to create, not because they're shallow, but because money represents it for them. That's not my husband, but that's some people, that's how they define success and they do wonderful things with money um, or not. You know, you don't, I don't believe in the, what they used to call the rug pulling party. You're actually allowed to be selfish. Actually, <laughs> selfish is very important because people without egos, end up in psych wards or doing bad things to other people. You need a good ego. You need to be able to say, I want, I hunger for, I intend, I love, I value, I express, and I have a right to my share of the infinite abundance in the world. You have, that is so important to be selfish. The conviction of believing in yourself. Or not even believing in yourself, but defending yourself anyway. Right, yeah. It's hard to believe in yourself. It it is. You know, you were talking about, you know, how three people in your family have suicide, and that's only your immediate family. I know there were others beyond. And you've always said there's like three keys to like really unleashing your psychic abilities and like a bad childhood and struggle is one of them. So what do you say in general? Because I feel like for now, so many people are in struggle. Like it's different. It might not have been their childhoods, but right now during COVID-19, it's, there's just a lot of struggle. But as an adult, if you are healthy, I mean, I said that in, in reference to the reasons people who actually have all the answers, because psychics have a lot of answers, still end up working, living in fourth floor cat piss smelling walk-ups because they're completely incapacitated by their trauma for engaging with life. Actually, being intuitive and having a pretty well-defined ego structure, so growing up normally, and then adding intuition as, you know, re-uncovering it as an ability is the best way to do it. So right, so I, what I would say right now in terms of using your intuition is, first of all, be mindful. As m- much as you can be fully present in the moment, be there because you'll find that all of the distress that makes you not want to be present when you are present, intuition will give you the solutions. It may not be in a ticker tape. It may be in an impulse to reach out to someone or do something differently or look at a news channel or that you have, you know, it will find you the information. Intuition is your survival skill. If you're missing someone, miss them. Longing is fine but also connect with them. If you can't, if they're not someone you can call or Skype or whatever the media is, take a moment and experience once again from your mindful presence, a positive connection with them. You will be so surprised at what happens. Have a discipline. Just because you're in doesn't mean you don't have a day. Intuition will give you all of the of the ideas of what you need to do but then you actually need to do it so you need a do task list you know wake up in the morning intuition will be nagging write down what it's nagging you to do do a few of those things so have really have a discipline and if something you know intuition is supposed to give you an experience to make you do something differently. But when you're stuck in an experience, it's not intuition, it's pathology. So if you're worried that you're gonna lose your job and lose everything you have, that is not intuition, that's pathology. Turn that question around. 
What do I need to do right now to be successful? Intuition can answer that one. That is an intuitive question. That's, that's and ask other people to read you. Don't tell them the question you want to know. Write down a question. Call them up. Say, I know this sounds crazy, but um, I have a question on a piece of paper, and I just want you to tell me everywhere your attention goes, even if it has nothing to do with me. And they'll start out with, my attention goes that you're a pain in the ass. Right. But then, if you don't say anything, and they have to start kind of making stuff up, you'll find you get kind of an intuitive reading from them. So interesting. That exercise is actually, in, the, the basis of all intuitive training is practical intuition. That is my that is my kind of the guide to the structure you need how to rule the world from your couch which is what we're going to do the workshop on not wait takes it apart and it was it was a response my students are now teachers and they said well we want a textbook and i'm like it's non-linear can't do a textbook and they <laughs> nagged and nagged and nagged and i did a textbook and it really does function as a textbook and we're going to really we're going to clean out all the intuitive centers and then we're going to target them to what you want to create. You, guys you don't have to believe in intuition for it to work. It's a tool. It's not a belief. You don't have to believe in yourself either for you to work. You simply have to put one foot in front of the other, keep your eye on the goal, deal with the problems, and you will get there. I love that. You don't even have to believe in yourself. But your point is this is for everyone. And, and I love you guys. Just so you know, it's May 1st at 2.30 in the afternoon Pacific Standard Time. Um, till four, that is that workshop, which is going to be amazing. One last question, which I know people probably want to know, and maybe you tap in or don't. When you tap into the virus, can you get a sense of its lifespan? Can you get a sense of telling us when we feel like quarantine will be lifted? or you know, back? That's a, I think that's a different answer for every place. And I, it is not an answer I want to give because reality, the real information is if we stay in the house, if we are careful of our habits, if we are good citizens, it's going to be over much more quickly. And, and we are going to, until we have, and the, you know, never use intuition when you can also use logic, use both. Right. So this will, this will affect our lives and may recur until we have an adequate vaccine and enough anti-vaxxers vaccinate their children as well as all the rest of us. And because otherwise it will, you know, this, it, it will recur and, and, and probably will anyway, because, you know, a vaccine is a while. So I, it, and it depends, it'll be different for LA, different for London. And we are a world community. You know, we're starting to feel, to get the, uh, the people who are anti all of this, you know, there's starting to be a lot of protests, at least in the U S which right. is, it's fascinating because it's a whole nother take. It's like now people are protesting, you know, and it once again, just puts a further divide in our country. So of like, there won't be a whole lot of those people left. Well, that's, what's interesting. You know, when you hear people say that as a joke of, you know, great, let them get it at the rally and see what happens. I mean, I, don't wish that on anyone but I actually think I, I think our government pandering to people if you're gonna have a thousand person church service so that you get money in the collection box because that's what is totally what it's about then anyone who is not a minor 
should then you have your Christian funded uh, or whatever the denomination you you have your you have your funded hospitals. You don't let insurance cover it. You, you know if that let the church cover it. The church believes in it. Put put your money where your mouth is, because you know I mean science isn't God either. Science changes, but we do know that we can track this person to person. And for every person who ignores that rule, there is someone who goes hungry because that money is being spent on a respirator or a doctor who dies or a nurse who dies or a someone in the janitorial staff or the food staff who dies. And I, I think there should be, you know, I mean, I hate to, I, I'm, I'm brutally political in this, but I think if you're going to ignore the law, there should be, you should be responsible for your actions. So I think absolutely, you wanna gather a thousand people at a church service, good, don't use our hospitals. It's funny, I saw someone write that the other day. It's like, oh my God, these people wanna all reopen, fine, but make them sign something that says if they get sick, they're not coming to the hospital, they refuse to have to get groceries delivered, they can't go to the grocery store. It's like, and then see what happens. Cause it's true, it's like, it's, it goes to what you were saying earlier about this kind of communal aspect. It's, it's, it's avoiding that opportunity to work and function and think about others in a bigger sense. We are, and we have a civic duty. Definitely, like it's not just, I'm sure that there are other faiths. I mean, what's in the news are all these Christian pastors. But you know, I'm sorry, religion's big money. You know, and, and there's no other reason to have people show up. No, but I mean, we're all doing Zoom, they can do Zoom. <laughs> finance it. You know, if that's something that's part of your belief, far be it from me to, to you know, impose my belief on you, but then don't use my systems, don't, don't go into my stores, don't, you do know what I'm saying? I mean, then you, you become, you know, you become dangerous. And I think that it is another way that we're not, we're not, we need to be civic minded right now. Or we need to have, you know, if, if the government wants to pander to people, then you make them responsible for their own actions. Because it is, you know, in an ideal society, it's a government's job to keep us all safe. I mean, God knows that's not what's happening now, but we can make a shift. We can, we, can, we can make it more attractive to do the right thing. Yeah. I love talking to you. I'm I love talking to you. I miss being in my room at the den. Well, we can't wait to have you back. And um, we're so excited for May 1st. Thank you. It's going to be amazing. Like anything you ever do is always amazing. And I'm totally doing your breathing. I'll, that'll be the last thing I do at night. I'm so excited. Arms too. It's very physical, but it makes your lungs strong. Um, I'm so excited. And it so gets, wait, your, my Instagram's Laura Day Intuit. And my Facebook's Laura Day Circle. What's yours? And so we're Den Meditation. So just go there for Instagram and it's on live at 6 a.m. You'll see it'll go Den's Live and you just click it. And if you so, miss it, you can go later, you can look in the stories and you just click live. And it's just a fun thing a bunch of us are doing and people are doing throughout the day because it just helps people, like you said, create space and allows that frequency to not turn on them. Exactly what you said about the energy. Use that energy for something good instead of letting it work against you. 
seen it. I followed the den. I've never seen it. You need to put it not just in stories. Yeah, I know. Maybe we'll maybe maybe for like the twenty fifth uh, when we're half. Oh, we're already halfway through. Yeah, we're doing it for forty days at least. We're on day twenty three today. So excited. Then you have to do it for another 40 days for those of us who have lagged. And by the way, we might. I keep saying that. I'm like, maybe we'll keep going. But the initial goal was 40. So exciting. Well, thank you so much. I'm really, really hoping that, you know, I'm holding out. I know I'll probably have to cancel the, the uh, boot camp. But I mean, not cancel it, but delay it. But I'm, I'm holding out just in case. Never know. You never know. We're hoping to. But in the meantime, let's all, we're all going to come to your workshop May 1st, virtually on denanywhere.com. And you are amazing. Thank you for this, obviously, insightful conversation that reminds people, no matter where you are, what you're going through, you have the power to create. And I think that's such a beautiful message right now. Thank you so much. So much fun. Have a great night. You too. Mwah. Bye. Dent Talks podcast would not exist without these incredible people, Nicole Rappi, Reem Edon, Hayden Fungheiser, Kim Bielik, and music by Alex Fetter. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed, please do. And also wherever you listen, please go and leave us a review. It's so greatly appreciated. It really does help us out. If you want to keep talking about all this stuff, please join our community on our secret Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search Dent Talks podcast, and join us there. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.